welcome to X Garage. Still figuring out our uh, intro slogan, the gospel battle cry. Here we go. All right. Good. Good. That was good. You, you got me pumped. All right. I'm pumped for this episode. Yeah, me too. Good. Because uh, we're into the good stuff. Salvation and uh, all the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think stuff. we're talking humanity, harmar just harmar sin, yep. harmartiology. Harmar harmartiology. Uh, so all the fun stuff all, here. All the goods, all the goodies. So human nature, what's wrong, how are we getting saved, according to Unitarian Universalism. Yep. Um, so, I'd like to share a verse here. Because Unitarian Universalists are all about fixing the external side of society, the forms, and not the heart, it seems to be uh, salvation of the Pharisees. And uh, Jesus' words to the Pharisees uh, during his time um, is... Uh, Matthew 23, 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, who, which outwardly appear beautiful, but inward uh, or within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you blind, uh, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus, uh, you witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murder the prophets. Fill up, then, the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How, how are you to escape the sentence, being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send to you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom uh, you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in the synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that, you, uh, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel, book of Genesis, to the blood of Ze Zechariah, the son of Barakah, uh, again, the last book of the Hebrew canon, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. All I have to say is, we're, yeah, we're not, we're, the whole point of that parallel is the parallel of external change without dealing with the heart. And Jesus says, um, in, in Jesus, John, John's very clear that Jesus said, his people will be persecuted just like him. For his truth, and I believe um, that that the uh, that that's what's going on. The U Unitarian Universalists are really rejecting a lot of Jesus' teachings and really pushing out Christian thought. Um, and, and so, technically, to be straightforward, um, uh, they're still they're 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 in this in Adam persecuting Jesus's followers in that sense. You you can't hold to the to the teachings of Christ and be a UU. Uh, Affectionately, Keith, you're such a Pharisee for for being so legalistic about the the scriptures here. Don't you think you should loosen up a little bit? Well, I'm in the process of redemption right now. <laughs> I have a little bit of that Pharisee in me, so I can't uh, disagree with you uh, or can't uh, agree with you more. Would you like the rest of my apple? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't want the fruit of the tree. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I am a, I am, I am terrible. You are a sinner. Uh, so, if you would. So, yeah, let's get into the catechism once again. Uh, come return to your place in the pews and hear our heretical views. You were not born in sin, so lift up your chin. You only have your dogmas to lose. Bum, ba da bum, ba. Bum, bum. Okay. 
And that's that's good. L- Leonard Mason. Ma- yeah. Ma- yep. Freemason. Leonard Mason. So let's go ahead uh, to get a good framework on uh, Unitarian Universalist soteriology, salvation. What's wrong with the human heart or situation, if you will? It's more what's wrong with the human situation, not the human heart. Uh, let's look at this. How do how are we saved? This is just some quick quotes to get us going to get a clear picture of their views. Because humanity is not distinctively fallen according to their system but is just misguided due to poor social structures and education, uh, there's no need for a vicarious savior. Thus, Jesus is, again, not the atoning lamb who came to uh, bear the sins of the world. Rather, he was a social changer. He was a revolutionary uh, who brought society into one brotherhood or was seeking that. And this is a quote from Skinner. Again, one of the, 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 the key universalists that brought together Unitarians and Universalists. He says, Theology has elaborated the death of Jesus. And out of it has erected the scheme of vicarious salvation, as if it's not taught in scripture. Uh, John, it's all over. Um, Leviticus, <laughs> the shadows pointing to Christ fulfilled in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I gotta finish this quote, sorry. Okay, theology has elaborated the death of Jesus. Out of it has erected the scheme of vicarious salvation. But theology has almost completely overlooked the fact uh, which has made the death of Jesus. Uh, of tremendous moment, a tremendous moment uh, to history, namely that he died in defense of certain revolutionary principles. It has exalted Christ's person without realizing that the value, the real value of Christ's life to humanity lies in the fact that he has demonstrated in flesh and blood the workability and saving power of this truth. One more quote, and we will get right into it. Um, This is from... Uh, Bruce Demers found this quote in his book, uh, The Cross and Salvation, I believe is what it's called. I might be wrong in the title, but uh, Demers is a great soteriology guy. Uh, Anyways, quoting George Foster, our book up here, it says uh, here, Foster, this is what he says, um, from Demers, he says, A student of uh, Ritschel and Harnick, uh, I probably mispronounced both names, and a free-thinking University of Chicago theologian was a liberal Baptist minister who later uh, pastored a Unitarian congregation, this again is Foster, denying many fundamental tenets of the Christian faith. Foster championed, this is the point, Foster championed the following theological vision, not supernatural regeneration, but natural growth, not divine sanctification, but human education, not supernatural grace, but natural morality. Not the divine expiation of the cross, but the human heroism of the cross. Hmm. What we were talking about um, earlier between, uh, as we're looking at various groups, you know, Scientology for one, they really focused on the the individual becoming something better um, and uh, growing beyond them, themselves. And there's some of that here. Um, but... The interesting part about Unitarian Universalism is that they really want to focus in on the strongholds on society. And so um, you can imagine why um, the the oppressive structures, the the systemic oppression in society kind of becomes a big focus for them. Um, Rather, it still still is a a progression uh, in, not not in the individual, but in society, not focused on the person of Christ and who he is and his sanctification on, uh, sanctif- sanctification on his believers, um, but rather something that we are able to muster up, pull, up pers- pull ourselves as a society up from our own bootstraps and be able to solve ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, 
they they really reinterpret Jesus. They're not even it's not even a, it's not even a um, you can't even call it an honest try at interpreting Christ in the scriptures as he's historically been documented. Uh, not only are scriptures inspired, Second Timothy three uh, sixteen seventeen. Um, that, that all scripture is inspired by God, God breathes, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that it records Jesus's teachings faithfully that Jesus, he says, it's the fact that he came to bring about revolutionary principles. The revolutionary principle of Christ was his person and work, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not Jesus came to die for sinners and rise again to redeem us from sin. So the Unitarian Universalists are actually reinterpreting the historic history to fit their 19th century naturalism. It's like proud eisegesis. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's like very very unfaithful to yeah. the intent of the original authors, which is a uh, yeah, like you said, it's 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 a immoral act upon of reading. Like like the words that we write represent our thoughts, and we ought to cherish that and and value that, and seek to understand what that person is writing. And the authors of Scripture are very clear that Jesus came as fulfillment of the Old Testament prophets promised from Genesis 3.15 that he would come and crush the head of the serpent. That's the biblical narrative. If, if, I, if I, or us, as yeah. uh, someone who's, you know, sharing the ideas of other people, or being critical, but we are doing our best to represent the other side. Um, if, if we do, like, at some point, whether intentionally or unintentionally, misrepresent, I hope that we would come on this show, and I believe we would correct ourselves um, if we are shown to be wrong. But this this whole movement away is is based on the um, presumption that you you have such a liberty to interpret the ideas of others that it doesn't really matter what their original intention was. Yeah, and and that's the thing they talk about uh, a um, what's the word uh, not just an unfaithful representation of history, but a I think on some level an intentional move because you know it's not corresponding to the true history because what they what they do is. They'll say that vicarious death of Christ came from the reformers. It was an idea so late in church history. They'll say that the doctrine of the Trinity isn't in the scripture. Well, clearly, um, Jesus forgave sin. Clearly, Jesus was worshipped. Clearly, Jesus was before all things and creator of all things. Hebrews 1 opens up that Jesus spoke forth the universe and sustains it by his power. He's the creator. Mm -hmm. um, the, the scripture is clear. So you don't go back and say scripture doesn't teach it. No, the scripture teaches it. You just either got to decide whether you... Uh, want to believe it or reject it. Um, so they'll, they'll extract little things from his life, Jesus' life, and take that. That's what that's uh, they're, they're, th that's what they like to do. Again, my conscience says, I like this about Jesus, I'll take that. Well, rather than dealing with their heart, and the, the way that we really deal with our heart, I think, it, it, I believe Scripture's clear on, is that we listen to the words of Christ. That's mm -hmm. the whole of Scripture. Jesus is the Word of God come in, incarnate. So as we are confronted with the Word of God, we're either going to rebel against it, mm -hmm. Or by the Spirit, we're going to receive it and accept it. And they, they have rebelled against it. I think it was Tim Keller, and I, I feel like this is a very pointed quote. Um, he was talking about our, our tendency um, when we're talking about God to only speak the things that we like about him. Mm -hmm. And he warned mm -hmm. that if, if God to you is somebody that you, you always like, if you have no issues with, you're probably worshiping yourself, Amen. not your creator. Yeah. Well said. That's exactly, and that, that's what it is. It's it's um, it's self self worship. You go back to that passage you read earlier from the judges. Uh, really, the uh, sources of their inspiration, their sources of authority for the Unitarian Universalists, it starts off with personal experience. 
So you are the arbiter of truth. I mean, Emerson wrote that very clearly in his in the Oversoul, was saying that it's each individual that finds truth, and that that is for them, and they bring that into society, um, rather than no. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me." And Jesus can say that because again, he is the wisdom of God that spoke all things into existence and gave everything its meaning, um, and it's only through him that we can come back to the Father. Mm -hmm. um, so he has the authority to say that. But for every subject to have authority like that, of course you're not going to have, um, you, you, like we were talking about earlier, you're not going to have any true knowledge of anything because what they, it, it, everything's in flux and salvation is also, I don't even know, uh, I'm, I'm going back to Revelation, but yeah, they have no basis for knowledge, but going back to soteriology. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to add to soteriology or harmartology, or like the harmartiology with the study of sin. Um, oh, the, well, the rejection of hell is a big one. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they, they don't believe in hell. <laughs> I think, I think someone should know, because that's a really big highlight for them. And, and hell is um, uh, one of those things you see in Scripture that's tethered to the rejection of hell is uh, false, false prophets. And, and you see, and I think, um, pull the passage here, but false prophets arose among the people just as they will, there will be false prophet teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing about swift destruction. And what does Peter tie with this? For if God did not spare angels when he when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. Basically, you see that tie there. It's like um, the bringing in, in these, these destructive heresies. They're not just another way of perceiving the world. Mm -hmm. They're things that are destructive because they're leading people to their, to their, the end of the judges, which is where mm -hmm. everyone does what's right in their eyes. It's going to, not only is it going to ruin society, ultimately it's never going to heal society. Right. Uh, until you heal the heart, you're never going to re re heal the social structures. And if you don't understand the consequences of your sin or actually offending an eternal holy God, mm -hmm. you can live life how you want. A religion like this. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. To tie hell back to this thing yeah. is that when there is no, uh, God who is judge and, and good, you can live however you want in your own eyes and not feel convicted about it. Religions like this seem very much like a, uh, a kind of heavy drinking. Like, <laughs> um, it, Explain? It's, yes. it's, it's a way to numb like your... Being filled in the spirit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's a way to numb yourself to the, the realities of, of our, our own issues or our own um, sinful fallen state in such mm -hmm. a way that we don't have to deal with who we actually are. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, like in the, the grievous thing about this, like if, if like, I'm, I know that the, the doctor metaphor is, is probably overused, but, um, you know, if, if somebody has cancer and, and the doctor doesn't tell them they do or, or some kind of, uh, terminal ailment, um, they're, they're not being a faithful doctor, not being faithful to their calling. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that I think largely is what this, this group does is say that there is no issue. Um, you know, one of the sad things for me, like what, yeah, original and, blessing, not original. Sin. Yeah. Original blessing, not original sin. And I, I can't remember where this is, but, uh, I, th I think it might be in the Psalm somewhere. Maybe you can find the reference for me, but uh, there's there's a sense in which that there is a kind of joy that the Christian feels inside their their turmoil over their their pain or, mm. or, or over their their sinful mm -hmm. fallen state. So in, in that sense, that where I'm I am completely aware, or I'm very aware of 
how wretched I am before a holy God. There is a, there is a peace that we can experience. And, and I, I see something like this, and they are robbing people of the peace they could have knowing that God has covered their sins. Yeah. Rather, they say, you don't have any. Yeah. It reminds me of the, uh, in, in the prophets, the false prophets saying, peace, peace. Uh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But they're throwing out the prophets who speak, actually speaking the word of God. Right. And that really, it, things are not fine. You're rejecting God's law, his word upon your heart and conscience. Mm-hmm. And you're not healing the heart by repentance and, and getting back under God's rule. And I feel like that's exactly what's going on in this system is they found a way through basically what they are is a, if I think of it, it's like um, the, the Declaration of Independence or something. Like mm-hmm. they have these certain laws that guide and govern behavior such that we can live however we want without having to deal or confront someone else in their own sin or what we believe they're wrong with. And and it, it leaves you in a state where there is no healing, there is no growth, there is no change, there's no... Yeah. Conflict you know, brings you, change to the heart. If yeah. you can, if you, again, if you con- come to Scripture and allow it to confront your heart, you're going to be like you just said, you're going to be like sorrowful and, and repentant and remorseful, but you're also going to see that joy of seeing that God is merciful and He's provided salvation, mm-hmm. and you can come to Him uh, as as he's received you in Christ. You know what this is making me think of, um, as as you're saying this, um, imagine a a, a divorced couple and they have a a child between them. Mm -hmm. And um, the child is a self-destructive behavior, let's say, that is is okay by saying. A a big one right now is, um, is it okay for a a little boy to dress like a girl, let's say. and one of the parents says that, you know, wants, wants to hold to biblical morality, saying, no, that, that, that's not how you were created. That's not how you're supposed to be. That's self-destructive. Um, the parent that is going to tell the kid that everything is okay to act like that, to, to be that way, um, they, they are probably going to get the preference because they're speaking the lies that somebody wants to hear. And th- that seems like a good representation of what this church is a- out of the the kind of groups you could go to they are a uh, a church that will tell you the lies that you want to hear to appease your ears mm-hmm. so that they can amass a following in that way rather than being able to speak the truth that's hard to hear the, per- yeah. the person that comes yeah. to you with with uh, the most truth is your best friend right right the wounds of a friend are uh, good yeah um, uh, because they're there to serve to correct and to help you grow mm-hmm. and um you can't have that in this system truly you can't it's all according to one's own conscience right. and that's the number one you notice how that's the number one source of their revelation is individual experience at that point even when you're drawing from from other religions and drawing from jewish christian history about love um or particular their understanding of love not biblical love um those things actually become subordinate to that first principle, the subject's interpretation, because you can then draw whatever out from whatever you want from history and call it wisdom. Um, you can cherish heretics who actually misinterpreted the scriptures. Um, uh, it, it is really a way again, yeah, yeah, there's this uh, false peace. Um, there's no true reconciliation um, uh, with God and one another. It's a, it's, it's a, Finding teachers that will scratch, itch your ears, tickle your ears, whatever, give you what you want to hear. But at the end of the day, you're just suppressing and not actually getting into that heart change that the Spirit of God does in people. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I maybe just want to mention this for unhealth because I think some of our viewers maybe if there's a Unitarian Universalist that has been following the series, uh, very thankful for that. And Amen. I just I, and, and I, I want to note that for the, for um, we had really got on the Trinity earlier, so now I figure it's a good point just to give you something to chew on. It's Matthew 25, 20, 20, 46. Jesus says at the end of his uh, uh, parable, he says, "And these will go away into eternal punishment." Those who have uh, not stewarded uh, well. Actually, I need to. I pulled up like three parables this morning, so I'm probably missing the context. But the whole fact is, some will go to eternal punishment, those who are faithless, but the righteous into eternal life. This again is an antithetical Hebrew Hebraic parallel. So if if we want eternal life and this eternal bliss, then Jesus is saying there's also the flip side of that. The contrast is the eternal condemnation for our persistence in rebellion against God. Which again, we can have a form of peace and still be in rebellion with God. And Jesus said, your fathers know how to give good gifts, but their hearts are evil. I mean, see, and that's the problem with this, I think the Unitarian Universalist structure is again, they're dealing with external things. Well, I can do this good. I can help this charity out. I can defend this right. But at the end of the day, you're doing that out of a wicked heart that does not come to Christ in repentance and receive him as Lord. Rather, you're walking as Lord. And this, so this, I just want to point that out. Jesus' words are very clear. If you're going to take one side side as eternal life, you have to take the other one as eternal punishment, not a cessation of life, not a, uh, not even as if Jesus was wrong in one half, but he's right on. We'll take this half because that's, that's real nice. But we, we want to just, let's cut, cut this one out. Let's do some philo hermeneutics and throw that out and, and let's go with this half. No, you can't do that. You take one side, you take the other. Um, that's Jesus' message. Cool. Yeah. And as a capstone to... Just, just slap me in the side of the mouth yeah. when I start preaching. <laughs> okay? Please. Uh, <laughs> See? I'm resisting... I'm resisting correction. I don't want it. Yeah. cha Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of a capstone, we probably should make more of a habit of, of doing this on e- each episode or, or more frequently, but just again, is, is uh, the whole point of this is, is to draw attention to the fact that we are we are saved in christ and so um yeah. if, if you don't know him if you don't have a uh if you have not fallen on your knees before him in repentance um we we call you to do that to cling onto the the robes of christ and he is a good master um he does forgive his people faithfully um so run r- run to him um Cool. The, the gospel battle cry. The ba- gospel battle cry. Amen. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, anything about theology proper, humanity, harmartiology? That's a tough word I to think, say. Did, did we not do theology proper already? We, basically, uh, we just, we said, just touched on it. Like, like, uh, like, there's not a whole lot to say about it because one of their things is that they don't have any particular belief mm-hmm. about God, except for the fact that he's not a trinity and Jesus is not him. Yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a quote from the Unitarian Universalist on theology proper. Unitarian Universalists have many ways of naming what is sacred. Some believe in a God. Some don't believe in a God. Some believe in a sacred force at work in the world and call it love, mystery, source of life, or spirit of life. We are thousands of individuals of all ages, influenced by our cultures of life experience to under influence. Uh, each influenced by our cultures and life experiences to understand the ground of our being in our own way. So again. They have no definite, their God is, however, again, going back to their first source, however you want God to be. Could be you, the devil. Yeah, you can make God in your own image. Oh, this goes back to uh, uh, Skinner, who mm-hmm. actually said, oh my, this is a wonderful quote. Sorry, I get really excited about this stuff. Uh, Skinner writes, the problem of theology in the 20th century becomes twofold. First, 
the problem of imagining attributes of deity which are at least at least as democratic as the attributes of the most highly socialized man. I think he's basically saying here, the way we get to understand who God truly is is from our, our observance of the best attributes in us. Um, and you can, who's, again, you're, you're reasoning from man to God rather than the scripture is very clear that God has condescended to us. God's revealed himself to us. He's come to save us, but this system has man saving himself. Yeah. Uh, and so their God is truly however I define him. And so you're right. There's, there's no definition. Of we can get into this later, please. I, I, I would distinguish, just so our listeners know, I, I would distinguish our, our reasoning process. You know, there's a difference between uh, proximate and ultimate starting points. They're constantly reasoning from the, the self as the, the ultimate starting point. Mm-hmm. I would say that well, though our, our proximate starting point of reasoning is, of course, us as an individual, but our ultimate starting point is in the person of God revealed in Scripture. And from there, you have justification for, for having um, the Christian beliefs and all that. Right. Um, but there, there is a huge contrast um, yeah. between unbelieving world and, and the Christian world. There's obviously variations in there, but um, really, right. really big difference in how they reason and how the Christian reasons. Yeah, the Christian has the really, to, to sound old, old, uh, old preacher-esque, this, this is the foundation. God's revealed himself to humanity, all of humanity. Talking about universalism, God has revealed himself to all of us. And he has actually made a way for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's through his son. So it's, it's, it's really inclusive um, through the person of Christ. Um, and, and so this idea, even if, yeah, yeah, so just to that point, is that this is the foundation. From that, we can understand the world. The flip side is, is like you're saying, there is no foundation. If it's a subject... The moment you're born into history, you you get to determine your truth and your direction, and your God. You can become the the dictator of the the moral system in your life and all that. Right, like you said, Satan can be. Did you mention that Satan is a god or? Well, just just their description of God could easily fit Satan if they wanted. Yeah. I mean, it, right. it doesn't right. really. Right. He is an angel of light. Yeah. Um, comes as an angel of light. <laughs> anyway, Excuse cool. Me. Let's let's come back on the next episode. This okay. one's gotten on a bit long, yep. um, but we'll we'll catch you on the flip side. X garage. Yeah. X garage. Garage. Carriage. X garage. Yeah. yeah.